You have tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. I'm down here on the convention floor of Yumacon 2018, and today I am talking to the creators behind Mark of Kings. We've had you on the podcast before. Dan, you interviewed you just over a year ago, maybe? Just about. Yeah, just about a year ago. Yeah, just about a year ago. Uh, we, we originally met you at one of the Phoenix Comic Cons. Yeah. I don't know if it was a fan fusion in the I think, fall or I think it was... that point it was still Phoenix Comic Con. It was still Phoenix yeah. Comic Con? Okay. Thank you for coming back or thank you for joining us once again. Thanks for inviting thank us. You. <laughs> uh, Mark of Kings. It's a great book. A new award-winning book. Yes. It's the uh, Sci-Fi Fan Creator Award at, from San Diego Comic Con 2018. Awesome. That's amazing. I'm, I'm glad to hear that for you guys. Thank you. How many issues are we out now? Four. We're up to four. And what is it that you've noticed creating uh, the property from issue one to issue four fan-wise? I think fans like the complete story. Mm -hmm. It was tough when we only had one issue. It was hard for some people to take a chance on new creators. But once we had the whole story out, at least the four um, issues that make up this series, uh, fans got behind it. They really liked it. And from uh, the, the writing side, the, the creating side, what is it that you've noticed about the characters as you moved along? Uh, development a lot more, more developing on there, a little bit more personal, um, a little bit more in-depth, more character-centered. You know, we really got down to it. Because we had the story written up before um, on the outline, but just getting further into it, I think things changed and we got a little bit more personal with the characters. Yeah. Was there any surprises when you were you were creating them, right, creating or writing that you weren't expecting? Um, initially, the main character was going to be James, but as we got further into it, it actually turned out to be Bishop that the story really centered around. So that actually, I think, kind of surprised both yeah. of us. And also, I think their sense of humor. Once we got more relaxed in writing it, um, once we got more confidence, we, our, I think our writing style kind of relaxed a little bit too, and they had a, more of a sense of humor. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you find that when you're when you're writing with, with any any uh, genre or format, you know, that as you go along, you, you get more of a better feel for the characters as you're creating them, as you're writing them down? Oh, yeah, it's Does rewriting. It's Writing fluid? is rewriting. You yeah. just rewrite yeah. and rewrite and get to know the characters better. And, uh, yeah, it's never just a one-off. You're constantly rewriting. What is it like for this industry, being a comic book creator, of, of trying to be a new creator? Like, what, what are the uh, pitfalls or, you know... Obstacles that you had to come through. Um, you, you said it right there. It was being a new creator. No one knows you. Mm-hmm. No one knows your name. No one knows your style. No one knows your product. And if you're independent, which means that you're not either DC or Marvel, right. or you know Dark Horse or something like that, um, it's really hard to get noticed. I mean, we go to San Diego Comic Con. We're up against all the major comic book companies. Um, and for us, it's really there for networking. We really don't expect to do well um, over there. But that's how we met several of our artists, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that's, I think, um, the hardest aspect of being into that realm is just no one knows who you are because you are new. I wish the industry had mentoring 
I think we, we could still use a mentor. I feel like we've made every mistake and we're probably going to make some of the same mistakes and different mistakes. I just wish there was more mentoring in the industry, especially for people who aren't in California or New York and don't work um, their real job in the industry. Right. It'd be yeah. nice. Uh, so what, what's the what's a mistake for an, uh, that you would love an up-and-coming, someone following you to, to, to know that... Try not to make this mistake. Uh, I'm going to say it. Uh, how to lose $11,000 in three months. Oh, okay. Nobody cares more about your project than you do. Right. Don't put the PR in anyone else's hands but yours. Okay. And that was a mistake we made when I remember writing that last check after nothing was happening. And a friend said, why are you hiring someone else to do your PR? Nobody cares more about your project than you do. And that stuck with us. So, um, yeah. That's something I think if, if we had mentors, it, it would have been nice to stop and think before we signed that contract. So be, be your, your biggest fan, your loudest voice. No one, no one will do it for you. Yeah. That's, that's, that's incredibly great advice, you know. It's, An expensive advice that I still learned. It was an expensive lesson to learn. My car has 150,000 miles on it. Uh, so... Going to these different conventions, you talked about you went to San Diego Comic Con and now you're here at Yumicon. I mean, what, how do you feel about the, I mean, obviously there's a big size difference between the two. Um, I assume you're going to other cons and stuff like that. How do you feel about a con like this in comparison? I like it. It's more personal, I think. Uh-huh. Um, one, like, you know, San Diego, it's become more about studios movie studios what TV shows are coming out what movies are coming out I think it's moved away from the comics here I think it's it's, granted it's smaller but you see comics you see the writers you see the creators you know it's up close and personal you're not standing in line for six hours just for a chance to pull out a pebble to meet someone eight hours later, you know. Um, and I and think the fans are great. They, they'll come up to you and talk to you, and a lot of them want to do what you're doing. And, uh, and they ask us questions, yeah. and we tell them, we're new to this too, but this is what we learned on the way, you know, because we don't want them to make that $11,000 mistake that we made. Um, so, uh, so we like the smaller ones. We really, really do. Where are you guys based out of? Phoenix. So you are based out of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, with the, I should have known that with Daniel. Uh, <laughs> interviewed you up there. It wasn't at the con. Anyways. Uh, you, so you were talking beforehand that the next set of books is going to be continuing. Mm-hmm. What can you tell me about that? that one. Yes, it's a sci-fi bent. Um, you know all those feet that kept washing up in British Columbia? and wash- Well, this is the absolutely true story of how <laughs> eight feet got washed up onto the shores of Washington and British Columbia. Okay. And it's... It's our particular um, bent on it. And it came to me one day as, why can't we figure out who these feet belong to? And it occurred to us, well, what if they're the same feet? So it's a time travel 
um, time cop sort of meets um, a thriller, uh, hopefully something like that. What's, uh, what's the timeline of when we can expect something like that? Uh, last month was our deadline, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully by the end of the year we re- really want to start the new year with a new series. So that's our goal. That's incredible. That's that, that, something I, I've, I love anything that has to do with time travel. Oh, me oh, too. Yeah. So, Same here. <laughs> me too. So Same it's here. always a genre. And, you know, I think sometimes in fiction, I think the biggest downfall for time travel is that they don't set up their rules. Like, right. you don't have a set mm-hmm. rules for the audience to be like, okay, you can do this and you can't do that. Right. And or they change the rules in the middle or change it at the very end. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, the like, mythology well, has to stay. Exactly. So, when trying to come up with a story like that, you know, what, what, was, it, what was your process of having to sit there and write an outline or anything like that first? Or was it, did you write those rules down somewhere? We did. We wrote the rules. We go through where we uh, sort of develop the characters, what they can do what they can't do um, their secret lives like they all have a secret hobby or something just even if it's only for us to help round out the character and then why time travel what do we use it for what do we don't use it for and then we took it to the writers group and we got a lot of well so what so what so we had to come up with really the rules and why we have to follow the rules so for us it wasn't just you can do this or can't do that it's why can't you do this or why can't you do that so writers groups are really helpful at least for us but yes we have rules and we stick to them (laughs) good Uh, what kind of what kind of uh, is what kind of art are we looking at in that that Uh, great art I'm hoping Um, one of the reasons we like uh, the Mark of Kings is I think the art style is bold I think it's vibrant it comes out at you the colors are great and we want to stick with that kind of would you be using the same artist Um, unfortunately we can't Um, our artist um, Bongazo, unfortunately, um, passed away uh, a couple yeah. of months ago. And so, yeah, a great loss. Um, so we'll be, you know, looking for another artist to do interiors and something like that. But, yeah, that was, uh, um, that was a shock. Yeah, that was a shock. That was a huge blow when we found out. Yeah. But we hope, again, to have some guest cover artists, which make it fun. Um, have the cover artists at our tables on occasion. That's always fun. And like you said, you were able to network at the other cons and stuff like that. Have uh, work, people to work with. Um, you also said that you have a short film in production, or is it boring? It's in festivals now. It's going to be in a festival. Uh, a script's in a festival right now, which is... Uh, one to one tomorrow um, uh, one of Susie's uh, scripts um, and then we actually filmed a short uh, last December with our friend uh, Vaughn Davis who directed it with Funko Studios and that's in post-production right now um, with hopefully a release by the end of the year yeah. also. And we hope to put it in festivals. Um, I have my Oscar dress ready, um, <laughs> but that's how I, how I think. Yeah, that one's called uh, At the End of the World, and then Susie's script. is called Dragging the Mark, and okay. I'm hoping to get some heat, go out there, meet some people, get that going. So up in, up in Phoenix, what's the, what is the sh- short film like community like? What is the filming community like up there? Usually with that, it's um, very small, but, usually, dedicated. but very, very dedicated. Um, usually it's uh, um, uh, independent with the IP, independent yeah. film project, 
and they have a lot of uh, smaller film festivals going around. Uh, I think Chandler International Film Festival started out recently. Of course, there's a larger one, which is the Phoenix Independent, uh, the Phoenix International yeah. Film Festival. I think uh, Chandler and uh, uh, Jerome. Jerome Pierre had one. Sedona has one international. Um, and, uh, the problem is without uh, tax credits, it's hard to get outside people to come in. Right. So uh, it's whatever we can bring. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's struggling right now. I really, to be honest, I think it's we need some outside funding some projects coming in to give these people jobs and to really grow yeah we, we really need that the tax and the filming tax incentive right. to bring in production because we lose a lot to New Mexico um, I mean look at what happened with uh, Atlanta Georgia even Louisiana actually right now too with a lot of filming over there um, and look at that when Detroit took away the tax credits. No one's filming in uh, Michigan anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you got to look at the long road, not the short road. See what it can bring into the state. Not just five years, ten years from now, but 30, 40 years from now. And how much? Because we're down there in... Was at Nogales, Nogales for Hangover Three production. Somebody was in Hangover Three, not me, oh. not we're, me. We're, we're uh, what three, four days yeah. for filming, and I believe it was like eight or ten million dollars it brought in for that week because you're looking at restaurants, hotels, um, construction, you know, the rental equipment for everything that needed to be down there. You know, catering. So the catering, the fire, the police, I mean, everything, you know, was on there. And, and that was 20 seconds in the film, maybe? Yeah, I think when we saw the movie, I think the parts that we were done there was about maybe 20, 30 seconds. Wow. <laughs> we're in there. Was, when we watched it, I'm like, wow, really? That's it? Oh, my God. So... Uh, so yeah, so I mean, I think if uh, there's some good talented folks who I think um, could have more opportunity because it's a tough business if you're in LA. I mean, it's crazy tough, and without bringing in some people who can notice you and get you some good parts um, and some good opportunities, even if you're a cameraman or an actor, I think that's what we need. Yeah, to bring more business into it. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend that's also. Well, actually, he's the the other host of one of the other shows that we do. It's uh, the Mitch and Rich show, and he does a lot of uh, he he PPAs on a lot of sh- mm-hmm. a lot of stuff up there in Phoenix. And he was so upset when that Home of the Brave didn't shoot in Arizona; it shot in New Mexico. And it's like this is a Arizona story. Yeah, Arizona people, and he's like he was just so upset about it. So. Yeah, yeah, but I think they have tax incentives in New Mexico. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? Breaking Bad. Yeah, Breaking Bad. Better call Saul. Yeah. yeah. And people still go down to Albuquerque to take a tour of where Breaking Bad filmed. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some long, long-term financial benefits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you hear about the people constantly throwing the pieces yeah. up on the road. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they're weirdos in any fan base. Right. Any exactly. fandom has its weirdos. There's always that 10%. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of fandoms, I mean, uh, you already spoke a little bit about time travel. What, what are some of the other fandoms that you're into? What are some of the things that influence you when you're writing or creating? Ooh, that's a good one. Like when I write, we differ on this. 
When I write, I listen to music, okay. and the type of music that I listen to depends on what kind of scene I'm, what kind of scene I'm writing. Okay. If it's an action scene, it's got to be something hard and dramatic, you know. If it's just a talky scene, either I don't listen to anything at all, or it's just kind of like quiet, classical, just maybe even like a, a movie score or something like that. Susie, she can't listen to anything at all whatsoever. Yeah, it's funny because I'm more, um, I love sci-fi, so I love space.com, I love to read the newspaper, I like true crime to get ideas, but oddly enough, Dragging the Mark, my feature right now, um, a friend came into my office and had heard this song, and one of the um, lyrics to the song was, I'd never seen the gun before, but I knew the prints were mine, and the whole first scene just poof. Wow. Yeah, so I, I don't think we really can pin it down. But Fernando loves music, and he gets inspired by that. Whereas I love to read. I'll read anything. Yeah. And uh, any TV shows you're into right now? Movies? What's the one we love that no one else has heard of? Um, Future Man. I love Future Man. Yes, I love Future Man. I love it. And they're filming season two right now. They just wrapped or something like that. Yes, Future Man. But but nobody, nobody that we know really has heard of it. We have to convince people. I love Sneaky Pete, of course, because it's and um, Better Call Saul. We love Better Call Saul. Ozarks. We've been watching. Season two of that. Cookie Blinders. I like. He loves Although that. I can't get her into that. People I, keep telling me to watch it. I have not watched it. Yet. I like it's good. Yeah. He it's devours good. it, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's good. But and um, the one on Netflix about John Douglas. Uh, Mindhunter. Mindhunter. That oh. was amazing. I love it. We're, we're both, like, I think we bonded over uh, John <laughs> Douglas because, we, you know, we both love his books. And that was just brilliant. Yeah, that was that was a great show. I, I can't wait for season two of that. Oh, me either. Um, with the Future Man, do you know that was uh, originally supposed to be, uh, like, the last Starfighter remake? He even says it. This yeah. is the last Starfighter. Is that what he says? Yeah. yeah. He, I, I tell him the whole thing. is like, this is the last Starfighter. This is, like, the last Starfighter. <laughs> yeah. But that was the thing was, that, I guess, the whoever owns the rights to that he does not want a remake of it really? see that's what I heard I heard that that they were planning on doing a reboot of The Last Starfighter and it was in development hell for like the longest time mm-hmm. and then it just went off the radar no one had heard anything about that so I didn't know that that was supposed to be initially The Last Starfighter yeah Seth Rogen when, when he was creating it he created it as a Last Starfighter reboot or whatever oh it's so much better yeah. oh. <laughs> oh it's so yeah funny. we went to uh, cult classics where they show like older movies in a movie theater and we're like oh last Starfighter we gotta go watch it we gotta watch it we watched it and we walked out of the movie thing wow that really did not hold up too well <laughs> yeah I mean we were like kids again in the theater and then we walked out like old people like really <laughs> what were we thinking yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. that, that, is, that is funny to go back and rewatch those movies that you really love and just like ah, that does not hold up that yeah. body double he'd never uh-huh. seen body double I'm like it's amazing it's brilliant and then the whole time I'm thinking wow Brian really oh. no I'm watching it and it's like when does it get any better <laughs> but I, I remember being blown away by that movie and, yeah uh, but some movies that are old that's I think still um, hold together are one of my favorites The Final Countdown oh I love that movie and I think still to this day it holds up yeah. it really really holds up because there's no cheesy CGI nope. You know, it was filmed on the carrier. It's got actual F-14s flying, you know, with the real cameras and everything like that. I I think that movie just holds up. Some of the dialogue may be a little bit cheesy, but, I mean, 
I, I, I still love that movie yes. to death. Me too. Anything in, coming out in the theaters that you're looking forward to? Uh, we were just talking about yeah, this. Aquaman. Aquaman. Yeah, Aquaman. And December. then uh, what the one that uh, Bad Robot is putting out, they produced Overlord? about the not Overlord. Yeah. Because, you know, if anyone's going to make a, a zombie army, it's going to be Nazis, right? <laughs> <laughs> Got to see that one. Got to see that one. Yeah, that one, that, that does look good. I don't know if they... If they decided yet or not, if it's supposed to be part of the Cloverfield universe, like I've heard that it was supposed to at one know. point, and they decided not to, or they have, I don't know. I didn't like the last in the Cloverfield the trilogy. Paradox. Yeah, the Paradox. Yeah, I Netflix, tried to it like it. Great. I, I did. But Ten Cloverfield Lane, I thought was amazing. Oh, that I was liked fun. It. Yeah. That was fun. I like that. Yeah. I like when John Goodman plays serious. He was. You know what? I just love that that movie. The tone of that movie changes whenever he changes. Yeah. When he be, when he's so serious and scary, that movie is scary. But then when he's like fun and whimsical, you're like, oh, they're just kind of living down there together. It's great. <laughs> you wait for him to say something funny. Yeah. But it's it's interesting because you never it kept twisting on itself, and I love that because you never knew who's who was telling the truth. Exactly. And that was fun. So when um, when you're creating, do you uh, take into account what the things that influenced your life, like? Final Countdown, for instance, like, is, is, do those storylines come into mind? Uh, it does. Final Countdown actually influenced me to write a time travel because I love time travel. I love the, the paradoxes and everything with that. Um, and I actually got to talk to um, physicist um, Dr. Michio Kaku about time travel briefly on one of my stories from a while ago, um, just to pick his brain about it. Um, and I can't say anything but uh, about it as of yet, but just how how things work and what would happen if you know that the, I forgot the the product was caused, but if I go back in time and meet my grandfather and kill my grandfather, therefore I'm not born. If I'm not born, then how can I go back in time and kill that's, my grandfather? Yeah, it's the grandfather paradox. Yeah, right. That, you know? That's something we had to learn for continuum. Mm-hmm. How do we get around that? Is that going to be important? But you I know. think we're influenced also by what we like and don't like in movies. Okay. Exactly. So, like, like Fernanda was saying, we don't like it when the mythology changes at the end or when there's a piece of information you weren't privy to that suddenly comes out that helps either solve the mystery The new or, Robocop. Yeah. That remake one. When all of a sudden at the end, oh, by the way, this black bracelet I'm wearing can't control you. <laughs> well, where the hell did that come from? Yeah. You know, yeah, you, so, yeah, yeah, things like that. Yeah, I'm more interested when you have all the information and you still don't know who the bad guy is or who killed the person, but it was right there in front of you all along. That's what I strive for. Yeah, the clues. Yeah. Yeah. So how much, uh, like you said, you talked to the physicist, how much research do you guys put into when you're you're writing a story? Like, you go back, you check out Wikipedia pages, do you scour the internet? I I try to do... As much research as I can, but and Susie will get on me saying, um, "Don't do too much research because also it's your story. Make it fun." Um, but I'm a stickler for the details. I really, really am. I'm one of the guys that wanted to write a script and have it go out there, and I want Neil deGrasse Tyson to say on Twitter, "said That science was spot on," <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> Which I know is not going to happen because, right. you know, he's probably going to say, well, the star chart on that day wasn't going to match, <laughs> yeah, you know. You're the next James Cameron. <laughs> you know, exactly. But I'm, I'm, but that's how I am. I'm very detail-oriented, and I want it to be good where 
it's entertaining, but also it's kind of like, yeah, that could actually happen. I like the realism of it. That's that's my main goal. So, so the idea is not to get yourself pigeonholed into the research or the what, what's already come so that you can tell your story? Yeah, because I, I think sometimes I'll get way too much into the detail that it would affect my story. Mm. And then Susie's there to the, pull me out. The audience will forgive you a minor... Well, that car wasn't invented at that time, or that plane wasn't flying, or that person wouldn't actually say that to their commanding officer. I think they'll forgive that if the story is compelling enough. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to take liberties, and this is, again, we'll discuss a movie. Well, they never said A, B, and C how that happened, but you didn't care because the story was so compelling. It's story first. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's the whole you don't need to show... Your characters using the bathroom. People know these the bathroom, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't right. need to be in the movie. Right. Um, when you're, do you do you, do you do an outline first? Do you outline the story? Do you just shoot from the hip? I outline. Okay. And um, I, I just I'm the, I have to be organized. It has to be down. But then some people don't outline. I hate I hate outlining, but I'm working with someone right now. I guess kind of like a coach. Yeah. Um, helping me with one of these stories, and he's one of his things is you have to outline, and we're gonna do it this certain way and that in a certain way, and we're gonna break it up this way, and it is killing me, man. <laughs> but it makes. But I get it. I yeah, get it. Yeah, I think it makes the story easier to write because writing's not the hard part. I think making sure everything's in place and will make sense is the hard part. People revise, they revise dialogue. Sometimes you just need to revise structure. That's the hard part. Do you, so, do you do you hit writer's block? Oh, oh yeah. So then, what, what, what's the thing that you found helps you? Crying. Crying. Chocolate. <laughs> Chocolate. Uh, just being an emotional mess. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Slipping away for it for a while. Yeah? Yeah. Um... You step to another project? Uh, sometimes, or I'll watch a couple of movies, um, just step away, and then I'll uh, talk to Susie. Well, well, what about this? I'm thinking about this. Well, what about that? And we'll just bounce ideas off of each other, you know, ideas, and, you know, you know, give her options. Well, I'm thinking about these three options, about where I'm at right now. Which one do you think sounds better? And then she'll tell me which one, and she'll tell me why. I'm like, okay, let me play with that idea then. Yeah. No. Sometimes you do just have to step away. You gotta just put it aside, either work on something else or don't write it off for a little bit. I mean, that may not be everyone's advice, but uh, yeah. that's how we deal with it. Yeah. So, so then when you step away from it, and you you're like, oh, I just need to get out of my head. Is there a movie? Is there a go-to movie that you throw into the Blu-ray player? Or do you just search for new things? I don't think I have a go-to movie. No, no. I, it's it's like asking your favorite movie. It's like, well, which yeah. genre, which era, which actor? It's too hard. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think I listened to uh, the uh, Dark Dance Floor's playlist on Spotify. Yeah, like I said, he's inspired by music. Yeah, yeah, you know, because it's just deep beats and it's loud, and sometimes I just need that to like shake my interior walls in my brain you know, shake off the rust and get me going again. So then, let's say, in the scenario, you stepped away, you're out doing whatever, you know, 
get your mind off of it and the inspiration comes to you. Do you pull out your phone, start typing it there? Do you have a tape recorder? What, what, do, you, what do you do? I, I send text messages to myself or emails because okay. I have a 45-minute minute commute. Mm-hmm. Things will just pop in my head or I run and that's I get all these ideas coming at me. I don't know what the endorphins or what, but I will stop and just start sending an email to myself so I don't forget it, even if it's just a line of dialogue. Yeah, I'll just try to remember it. Yeah? Yeah. Um, or if I have like a sticky notepad, just write the idea down really quick, you know, um, before I forget yeah. it. <laughs> and then when I see the notepad, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. And then I'll just start writing it down again, you know. The worst is those couple of seconds before you fall asleep where you have this brilliant idea. And you're like, oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. I want to thank the Academy. And then you fall asleep and you don't know what you it was. You wake up the next day and like, what was the idea? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> It was right. It here. was. I do that all the time. Um, what's the What's the hope for the next step of, of either Mark Kings or, or Continuum or you know um, what you're work, what you're working on now? Mark, success. Su- yeah, just success. Get noticed um, for that because you know Mark of Kings. I think we told Daniel in the first interview initially started out as a, as a movie script mm-hmm. um, that got me a finalist for when Disney still did their. Um, fellowship for features um, and so we'll get an agency and they told us to go out and get it into a comic book form um, so still you know hopefully we'll get that get this story noticed get it back the, the script back out there again for hopefully a feature movie live action get continuum get continuum out there as another comic um, any additional stories that we got out there yeah, I think we just like to do it full time yeah quit the day job yeah yeah you know have insurance. Yeah. That's a, I keep telling him I'm so practical. You can't quit your job until we have insurance. Yeah. The day job. Yes. So, right, yeah. Right. So, but that's the main thing. Just success where this is our livelihood. Where we you feel know. like we're writers. Mm-hmm. Because writing and creating this is, it's not work for me. It's not, I love doing this. I love talking to people. I like sitting down at the, lap, at the laptop and writing. I like creating characters. I like creating scenes. You know, I just love that whole process. And uh, is there a chance that Marker Kings and Continuum exist in the same world? Is, is that a... Well, one thing that we like doing is that some of the characters that are in this script, um, we use some of their names in other stories that we do. Okay. So relatives. That, yeah, relatives or anything like that. So like, like Tarantino in, does. Yeah, yes. so like in Margaret King's General Franklin, um, we mention him and uh, I forgot what other story. Yeah, but we is. always have a Mott, John yeah, Mott. Yeah, we always have a Mott from one of our other stories in Franklin. And there's one that's like, you know, you know, uh, you know, uh, is it underneath the command of Franklin? Like Franklin, well, he's a Marine. Like, no, not that Franklin, the other Franklin. It's like, oh, yes, that, you know. And so it's like the reference to this story. So some of them would probably still happen in the same universe, or it's just a little homage to the other story. Right, you know? right. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Fernando and Susie, thank you for thank sitting you. down with me again. Thank you. Sitting down pleasure. with us again. Uh, I, I wish you all the success in, in everything because uh, it's, it's a great book. I, I got to read the one that, that, uh, that Daniel had bought from you guys. So it's. I'm glad. I'm glad you, that we made happened. him buy it. I'm sorry about I, that. You bought it. I don't know if he bought it. He got it from you. Well, that's tacky of us. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no. Uh, but yes, uh, thank you for sitting down with us, and um, 
best way to get a hold of you or uh, on social media or yeah. um, you know uh, for people to talk to you if they want to talk to you or interact with you? Yeah, we're on Instagram at The Mark of Kings, uh, Facebook, The Mark of Kings, and then of course Entity I, our Facebook page as well. We have a brand new website, uh, EntityEye.com, E-N-T-I-T-Y-E-Y-E. And also the Mark of Kings um, at EntityEye.com or hit us up at a con. We're happy to chat. What's happy the next con you're going to do? Uh, Tucson. Okay. And then we had so much fun at Thatcher at uh, Gila Valley last year that we're going to do it again. I believe it's going to be in March this year. Thatcher, I don't, I don't know uh, that one. That's a Gila Valley Comic Con. Uh-huh. Their first year was last year. Okay. And so that was, an, an, again, local people love comics, just want to talk, and it was a lot of fun. But first yeah. up is Tucson. Sounds great. All right. This is Geekly Radio down on the convention floor of Yumacon 2018 saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.